This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Hosted by Katie Milkman, an award-winning behavioral scientist and author of the best-selling book, How to Change, Choiceology is a show about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Hear true stories from Nobel laureates, authors, athletes, and everyday people about why we do the things we do. Listen to Choiceology at schwab.com slash podcast or wherever you listen. Hi, how-to team. A quick update from our conversation earlier this year about unreciprocated love. I am glad to report that Helen's advice worked and helped me get out of the soup of despair that I was in. It was a very grueling journey of self-discovery, but I have you guys to thank for giving me the right perspective at the right time. Thank you for everything, and I'm looking forward to all the new episodes. Welcome to How To. I'm Amanda Ripley, where we pluck you out of the soup of despair and put you on a roller coaster ride through the grueling journey of self-discovery. It's that time of year again, where everyone, including Sarah, who you just heard from, everyone who makes the show, listeners, producers, everyone gets together to reflect on the past 365 days worth of advice. That's 52 episodes of your problems and our solutions that hopefully we helped to make your life a little bit easier. We're lucky to be joined today by a special guest whose voice many of you will recognize. Hey, David Epstein, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm good. Hey, how are you? Testing one, two, one, two. Can you guys hear me okay? This I'm, I'm trying this mic for the first time. and Wow, you sound like a rich baritone. I was going to say, your voice sounds deeper. <laughs> that. That's industry funny. talk for you sound like a dork. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I, I usually uh, do these meetings after inhaling some helium. So I talk like this. <laughs> you know, if you inhale from a like gas from a balloon that's denser than air, it'll lower your voice. Nobody ever does that trick. <laughs> I am really glad to be here with um, the previous host, the infamous and brilliant David Epstein, as well as Hi. Rosemary Belson, our intrepid, unstoppable producer reporting live from her garage in Wisconsin. Uh, for various reasons. Hello, hello. And there's Derek John. Derek, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Reporting live from his living room in Chicago. Well, it's great to have everyone here. This is now a, a tradition of sorts where we gather everyone together and talk about our favorite advice from the past year. And what I noticed was that I remember the stories first mm. and the advice second. Um, what did you all notice? Anything as you were sort of going through the catalog of 2021? I mean, I, I tried to start by like not actually looking through the episodes to just see what, what stuck in my mind. And the first one I would say was the advice that sort of during, during my tenure, I came to view as like the mascot of how to, um, which was distanced self-talk because it came up as a tip in some form or another in, I would say like maybe like every third episode <laughs> some way <laughs> yes. or another. And, and this is, Distant self-talk, just to clarify what it is, is like when you're talking to yourself, you know, trying to encourage yourself or get out of bad thought patterns, uh, to to talk to yourself in the third person. Uh, you know, whether it's, I mean, we had an episode on on running, and if you're trying to sort of get up a tough hill, you should say, you can get up this hill instead of I can get up this hill. Or uh, another place I remembered it was in the episode on quieting the negative chatter in your head with psychologist mm -hmm. Ethan Cross, where it was when you're trying to sort of 
get out of a, a loop of negative thinking. He said to to sort of assess the situation as if you were another person. And so this kind of distancing yourself from your own uh, situation, talking to yourself in the third person. And man, I think that related to advice you gave when I had you on, because you, you were on as an expert guest before, right. and one of the exercises you mentioned that that kind of amazingly, I think, helped sort of stem the decline in relationship satisfaction between couples that have been together for a long time mm-hmm. had to do with taking like seven minutes every few months or something like that and writing about a persistent conflict that the couple has as if you were an independent party you know, who wanted the best for both people and were sort of assessing it. Yeah, that was exactly right. And I was thinking of that the same thing. There's some kind of universal thread that has to do with getting a little space from our thoughts and our stories and then reorganizing them from that distance. I think that that even came up in the episode, How to Be a Badass on and off the tennis court, which we had this woman who's like very assertive and you know, very competitive but then when she was on the the tennis court, she just found herself like having all this self-doubt and just tended to choke yeah. a lot. And I believe that was one of the tips from Sion Bylock, who had written this whole book about choking, um, was to sort of come up with this little m- mantra that you would say to yourself. And again, it was like, don't say I, actually use your name or you. Yeah. And, and all that stuff was about, like Amanda said, sort of getting some distance from the situation. Is one of the other things I mem- remember Sion mentioned was cognitive outsourcing. She's like, get that mantra and write it on your hand or write it somewhere else where you can sort of refer to it so you don't have to hold it in your head, basically. Hmm. Um, that was another one that that I kind of liked, which seemed sort of trite, but then I then I did it myself. I used it for like a little whiteboard I have at my desk and I actually do find it useful, the huh. cue of like looking over at it instead of just having it in, in my head. So that was one I actually sort of adopted myself. That's interesting. What's on your whiteboard now? Uh, it says cutting stone and that's a sort of just a mantra reminder when I have like a big project that feels like I, I can't get there. It's like you just take one, you know, chop of an ax or a sword or something at a stone and, and it's an imperceptible change. But if you do it enough, you, you'll grind it down. I'm just imagining you with a sword against a stone. <laughs> it's very dramatic. Yeah, I don't know who really like cuts stone manually, so it's sort of a little bit made up. But, I was you imagining know, a chisel, but you just bust it out with axe yeah. and sword. You never use a chisel when you can use an imaginary sword. <laughs> that's another that's, that's a rule. That's the other mantra. On today's show, we're breaking out our fanciest swords and chisels and sharing a few more of the mantras we learned from the past year. We'll tell you how we applied some of that advice in our own lives. And later, we get some heartwarming updates from folks we had on the show. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Choiceology is a show all about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Each episode shares the latest research in behavioral science and dives into themes like, can we learn to make smarter decisions and the power of do-overs? The show is hosted by Katie Milkman. She's an award-winning behavioral scientist, professor at the Wharton School, and author of the best-selling book, How to Change. In each episode, Katie talks to authors, historians, athletes, Nobel laureates, and everyday people about why we make irrational choices and how we can make better ones to avoid costly mistakes. Listen and subscribe at schwab.com slash podcast or find it wherever you listen.
This episode is brought to you by Defender. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and the interior is built with robust materials and integrity. The Defender capability is legendary, whether you're facing off road challenges or harsh weather conditions. Built for the modern explorer, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. And cargo capacity means more room for your gear. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. A vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Welcome back. We're rounding up our favorite advice from 2021 and sharing how we use some of this advice in our own lives. Derek and Rosie, what did you notice as you were thinking back over the year? Let's see. The one that I kept going back to, um, even though I definitely am not a parent, like I loved our episode on like how to crack your kid like a CIA officer with with Jamie and her sneaky daughter, Simone. Um, yeah, I also got a lot out of that uh, episode as the father of a couple of sneaky daughters. The thing that I remember most is how the former CIA agent parents talked about turning those instincts for manipulation f- to good, uh, or at least mm-hmm. to your benefit in this case. Yeah. I think, I think it's so easy to sort of zero in on this one moment or this one episode of your kid being sneaky or being, you know, deceptive or something and think, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like my kid's going to grow up to be the next supervillain, which is actually what our, our listener was worried about. But you have to remember, this is just a snapshot in time. Yeah. Like this is like, if you look at the movie of their life, this is literally like two seconds of like a scene. And it's just, yeah. I'm always reminding myself to not give something too much importance. Yeah, catastrophizing. And that's why your kids are going to be super villains. <laughs> <laughs> They've already got their cape and their mask. I think I got to say, like, my favorite episode's probably were the ones that we went a little off format. Um, Mm. I loved our Olympic episode with Steve Messler. Granted, I'm a bit of an Olympics nerd. Oh, I love that too, like, I just thought the discussion on identity and mental health was so timely. Yeah, that was such a fantastic episode. I think there were surprises on two levels. First, the obvious one, which is that there could be depression after winning an Olympic gold medal. Um, And second... You know, the surprise that it felt relevant to even my life. (laughs) And I'm never going to win an Olympic gold medal. Um, But it felt like you could see these glimmers of uh, connection when whenever you're doing something that requires a lot of obsessive focus, whether it's parenting or writing a book. I know you mentioned that, David, in the episode, uh, or my husband is an entrepreneur. And so, you know, it is all consuming. And whenever you do that, it's like a evolutionary psychology thing, right, on some level, where we humans grasp at and aspire for something, whether it's food or sex or achievement or status. And then, and, and that's very motivational, and, and rightly so. Uh, and then it doesn't last, that feeling, as long as you expect, which is what keeps us coming back for more. 
Yeah. Yeah. So speaking about sex, one of my favorite episodes this year, I have to say, <laughs> was how to have the best sex of your life, which was not overpromising at all. <laughs> so this was the episode where we had this woman, Mimi from Miami, um, who had completely lost her sex drive. And then we had Emily Nagoski was the expert who came on. She's written this really amazing book. And she was just so frank and funny. And I, I just, I feel like I learned so much in that episode, including that the very idea of sex drive is just a total misnomer. That's not how our biology works at all. Um, and I think one of the tips that really applied to my life, and I hope I'm not saying too much here, I hope my, my wife is not listening, um, is that you actually have to schedule like mm -hmm. times to be intimate with your significant other. And there was one particular line that Emily Nagoski said that was just hilarious. It was one of the most important sex accessories is Vaseline to put it on the doorknob so that your kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> anyway, so one of the other tips from that episode is the six second kiss. Uh, highly oh, yeah. recommend. Um, and then the other one is the 20 second hug. And I have to say, I really actually tried that. Like when we've just, you know, had a tough day in my, in my own marriage. Um, sometimes I'll, like, I'll just be like, let's just, we just have a nice long hug and it's just, it, it just works. And going back to the winter Olympics, uh, I remember at the very end of that episode, David, you made this really cool connection to these Canadian ice dancers. Oh, right. Do you remember Scott that? Scott Virtue and Tessa Moyer, yeah. They're the greatest ever ice dancers. And they're not a couple off the ice. People like refuse to believe that, but it's it's true that they're not a couple off the ice. But you'll see them before their performances sometimes, and they'll just be hugging, and they sort of do it until their breathing like comes mm -hmm. into sync. And so it, it basically is kind of like the 20-second hug before they perform. I love that. And I love the idea of the six-second kiss and the these little tricks that make you realize that just like anything else, you know, there are ways to do this that make it a lot easier. And are, it's not always going to be spontaneous magic. I've been using distant self-talk, but I don't know if that's the right. <laughs> um, no, that was a great. I remember from that episode, she also said something like, you got to plan the party and put on your party clothes and go to the party. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you know, don't expect the party to just happen. You know, the magic doesn't just happen all by itself. One of the other things Derek mentioned that with the joke about the Vaseline on the door to keep the kids out was she talked about how everyone thinks about accelerators, which is like lingerie or, you know, porn or like romantic dinner, all this stuff. Whereas more often the problem is the breaks, which is like, a long to-do list or like mm. dirty dishes in the sink, like the things that, that, that are kind of the turn off as opposed to just focusing on all these like turn ons. And that hmm. I think right. um, yes. makes a, t a ton of sense that like thinking about what are your breaks as opposed to just, you know, people are seem to be, I think she was suggesting that people are quite in tune with their accelerators, but don't spend any time thinking about their breaks. Right. Yeah. No. One of the ones that stuck with me from an episode that you hosted, David, on how to ditch your distractions once and for all, mm -hmm. um, that was one that I found super helpful. There was a phrase in there called surf the urge, which mm -hmm. is when you're feeling like you don't want to do something, you, you're just, you know, you're maybe you need to pay your bills or do some writing and you're, you're just, you're restless. You don't feel like doing it. And you give yourself set a timer for like 10 minutes 
and then see if you can just do 10 minutes. And, and then if you still want to check your email or go on Facebook, then you can do it, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. what it's actually <laughs> a pretty, it sounds really simple, but what I found is it's true for everything. It's true for anger. It's mm-hmm. true for cravings, right? Um, when you're craving some kind of, like a cookie that you really don't need, you're not hungry, um, or, uh, or boredom or distraction, procrastination, all of the tricks we circle back to a lot on the show actually have to do with noticing how these these feelings come and go, right? Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. if you can just get through that 10 minutes or 15 minutes, the feeling is much less salient. Not always, right? But often. Yeah. So I found yeah. that one to be really good. In fact, then I was like, oh, this is such a good episode. I'm going to play it for my teenage son, who is a champion procrastinator, um, like like I am, in fact. He comes by it honestly. And so I have this whole strategy of parenting by podcast. I don't know if you all have tried this, but um, you know, I don't have to do it because he can just listen to David Epstein explain it. And uh, so we were on this road trip, and I queued it up, and he and his friend were in the back seat. And I'm like, hey, guys, do you want to listen to this podcast? And I, I start playing it. I'm super excited. And I look back in the rearview mirror after 10 minutes, and they're both out cold. And this happens every time I try to parent my podcast. It doesn't matter what it is. They, it's like they know on some level that, that they're being manipulated. On the bright side, I guess you found a way to help them get to sleep? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, maybe try the uh, How to Beat the Dreaded Midday Slump. Uh, episode yeah. next. <laughs> I should have played yeah. How to Have the Work Best Sex naps. of Your Life. That would have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would be the test. I don't know. You know, speaking of the procrastination stuff, though, you, you reminded me just of the episode with Chris Cox on deadlines. Mm. Um, because the guest was sort of someone who had missed like pretty important opportunities in her career because of procrastination. And the one that sticks out in my mind, she was an artist and designer and a band that she actually followed, like reached out to her about designing t-shirts, which is like the perfect thing she wanted to do. And she just didn't respond for like six months. And by then the opportunity was gone. And it reminded me of some research I'd read where people under tight deadlines will start prioritizing things that they can get done quickly, even if they're low value. Mm, just for the and satisfaction. So, yeah, and just like this, I, can, I know I can get these things done in time. And I have noticed that with myself, where when I feel like I have a long to-do list and I'm like crushed under some deadline, mm-hmm. I'll start doing things I can finish, even if they're low value. Sort of going off that, I um, kind of also started using the time blocking method of mm-hmm. like, once you've prioritized something, uh, like just work on just work on it for like a certain amount of time that you put in your schedule. And if you get done with it, fabulous. If not, like it's fine. You'll find another time to do it, which really actually does help reduce the guilt of not getting it. it, One helps you focus on like, this is my time to do it. I will get it done. You know, everything else doesn't matter for this like 15 minutes, but it does help reduce the guilt. Um, The other uh, most useful piece of advice has got to have been how to avoid a polar bear attack. No, I'm just joking. Um, No, uh, (laughs) I would believe you, Rosie. That was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, no, I really love those Survive in the Wild episodes. Um, I've also really been coming back to Shelley Archambault's um, advice for like combating imposter syndrome um, by bolstering your confidence through like distant self talk. There it is again. And just like believing in others when you don't like have the wherewithal to believe in yourself at the moment. you mean like in what other people say about you? Like yeah. the, your, your boosters, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty underrated episode, but like, I don't know. That That's great. one that I've yeah. been coming back to. I was going to say one of my sleeper 
guests, I guess, was our sixth grader, Lucy, who wrote in <gasps> oh, about <Lucy>. wanting <laughs> to give a killer speech. Yeah. Um, which we got Chris Anderson from from TED, uh, like TED Talks, and he just had this like great advice for her, and it was really fun to kind of watch her tinker with her speech in real time. I mean, I, I was pretty curious if he was gonna how he was going to speak to her. Yeah, like was he too. going mm. to dumb it down a little? And he he came right out of the gate like, well. Lucy, this is wonderful, but you're not, this isn't the best speech you can give. You need to start with this in this other place. And I'm like, this was some, I mean, he, he just, he was giving, he did it very kindly, but he was giving professional speaker advice. Like I know. Right I away. love that he yeah. didn't talk down to her. Yeah. And, and she was so coachable, you know, yeah. like when we did the follow-up and she shared her revised speech, I was like, mm-hmm. damn, we need more kids to write in because kids are coachable. Like they take, literally she did everything he said and it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to know how that turned out. We'll have a bunch of reveals for you coming up. Listener updates that you won't want to miss. And we'll talk about a couple of problems we hope to tackle in 2022. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. Plus, Apple Card has no fees, not even hidden ones. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Variable APRs for Apple Card range from 19.24% to 29.49% based on credit worthiness. Rates as of February 1st, 2024. Terms and more at AppleCard.com. And we're back talking about our favorite advice and stories from 2021. Now, this is the part I've been waiting for. Where are they now? Rosie, have we gotten any, any listener updates? Who changed the most over the year? We have gotten a couple of listener updates. I always love getting these listener updates because um, sometimes we just send them off. And we're like, hopefully it works. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so Susan, who um, was she was the one that we had the um, like two episodes where she was like writing a letter of amends because she was a little estranged from her her adult son. Mm-hmm. Um, she and her husband had the divorce that was the War of the Roses. And she then sort of regained contact with the son um, and like really wanted to have a wonderful relationship with his with his kids, her grandkids. And yeah, she wrote back to us just a little bit ago and she said like, Great news, essentially. Things have warmed up noticeably with her son. Um, Seriously? Yeah. I was, like, afraid to ask before this because I, like, so badly wanted her to succeed. And (laughs) it definitely seemed like an uphill. Yeah, and she, like, was practicing radical acceptance with herself. um, And it's good for, for the relationship. And essentially, she's, like... Whenever the moment presents itself, she's going to, like, mail the letter out. But, like, even not actually having sent the letter yet... Like it has just positively impacted her relationship with the son. So things oh are looking gosh. up there. You know what this wonderful. means? It's distant self-talk yet again. <laughs> it, she, it, by it, writing the letter, it helped her come to terms and probably shifted how she approaches her son. I'm guessing subconsciously or not. I'm sure it helped her work through the reasons why her son might have been feeling the way he felt. Because when she came into the process, a lot of it was like, 
question marks. Uh, our our expert was like asking her, like, you know, what certain things, you know, happened in the in your life to make him feel this way. And there was a lot of unknowns. But by the end of the episode, yeah, she had thought through it and like had actually placed herself in her son's shoes. Whether I think one of the most interesting parts of that was like whether it's true or not, this is how they feel, and that feeling is valid. Um, I thought that was really interesting how they like she like unmarried that from the truth because like so often mm. so many people want to fight and argue for like oh I'm right I'm right you should see things my way and again it goes back to the really counterintuitive um advice on persuasion that like that's just not the way to go about it no that's right you gotta as as bus driver Dan once famously told me the day I gave up on being right is the day my life got a lot better <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy to hear that that update because Obviously, that was a guest in a situation who, who would not have been on the podcast if the situation wasn't like if the odds weren't really against her, right? Like the situation yeah. was, yeah, she was, was really pretty bad. desperate. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's nice. That's to hear. awesome. We also got a really nice update from um, our listener who went by the name Sarah uh, for how to fall out of love. Oh, yeah, that was a funny one. Do you remember that one? She was a listener who had a big crush on her best friend. Um, and in fact, I think they'd like hooked up one night uh, mm -hmm. and she thought, okay, this, this is like my soulmate. And it turns out the feelings were not mutual and she just could not get over it. And so we brought on Helen Fisher, who is such a character, this amazing <laughs> biological anthropologist who's done all these studies. Yeah. Helen's like the god of like neuroscience of love research. And she asked Sarah, like, are you keeping mementos? And Sarah was like, well, I have an unfinished pack of gum from a road trip I took with him that I've been keeping in a drawer. I know that sounds right. And Helen's like, put it in a box, bury it in Siberia. She was so sort of definitive. And she talked about her own story because Helen, she had gotten married like recently. Mm -hmm. um, and she sort of talked about some of her own process of where like grieve hard, quick, like totally you know, and then you have to get ready to go again. Because mm. Sarah was having this problem where she was trying to date and would end up talking about the friend that she was in love with. So like mm. none of her dates would work out. That's either. not a good right. look, yeah. The upshot is that we we heard back, right, Rosie? Mm-hmm, yeah. She essentially kind of did all that. One of the things she was most like afraid of was if she cut it off cold turkey, like how isolated she would be. Mm -hmm. And like she had this conversation with um, with her best friend and they decided to take like a full break from the friendship. She used that time to like get involved in other activities and new passions. And like, apparently it's brought a whole like plethora of new people into her life. And she, she just sounded really, really happy and in a good place. And I don't know, that just makes me really happy too. Oh, that's good. That's great to hear. Okay, let's talk about next year. What's something, David, that you would love to hear us workshop next year on this show? So I, I just moved recently, um, and this is the second house I've owned. But before this, you know, from the time I was a teenager to a few years ago when I moved into a house, I always lived in apartments and didn't have to learn anything about, like, plumbing or electricity mm. or anything of those things. And and by the way, Rosie is in her garage right now freezing because of a plumbing problem. So and and in And we were talking before about how once in the middle of recording narration, I had to have my hot water heater replaced in the middle of recording how-to narration. And I've just realized that there's all this stuff that you should be aware of to check and keep up mm -hmm. that you learn only because it breaks and there's a problem. You're like, I was supposed to be looking at that gauge, you know, right. or 
keep or that filter or whatever it is, or like cleaning out that little tube in the air conditioning. And so I think there should be a, like a how to orient yourself to your home uh, if you're moving into one for the first time, either that you bought or that you're just you know responsible for, basically. Right, because we're inundated by so much consumerism that it's hard to know what to what you really have to worry about and what's just yeah. nonsense, right? Like rinse agent in the dishwasher. Is that a thing that really matters? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or can I just let that go? Same yeah. with a car or a kid. Like yeah. what is what do you absolutely need to do? Yeah. What can you need you like ignore? like the quick orientation. Yeah, how to replace the toilet fill valve? That is something that I learned <laughs> oh, in 2021. Yes. I'm not talking the flapper here, friends. I'm talking the fill valve, which is I, another level and required at least seven YouTube videos before. I have also yes. done this in 2021, replaced the fill valve with toilet and the handle. You know, and it turns out some, I have to say, some of plumbing is quite a bit more interesting than I expected. It's like anything. Like once you get into it a little bit, you realize like, oh, some of this stuff is like pretty brilliant. Like I think that's that a you thing, with. my friend. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> okay. a very David Epstein thing. All right, all right, all right. Well, it has been a treat to be here with all y'all. Derek, Rosie, David, there's actually a lot of work that goes into making the show. That's been one of my takeaways from 2021. <laughs> and a special thanks to all of you, our listeners, who continue to entrust us with your problems and your advice. It is a real honor and privilege to make this show. We learned a lot from all of you and we look forward to learning a lot more in 2022. As always, you can send us a note at howto at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001. And we'd love to have you on the show. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rosemary Belson produces the show. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown, remixed by Merritt Jacob, our technical director. Special thanks to Kevin Bendis and Amber Smith. Charles Duhigg created the show. I'm Amanda Ripley. Thanks for listening.